welcome to a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier and on this podcast I sit and have virtual coffee or tea with accomplished and innovative early career professionals and small business owners. Now with me today are the founders and owners of the Tartan Blanket Co, Emma and Fergus. They create and sell products in order to bring warmth to people's hearts and homes. Fergus brings his expertise in business and experience in the Highland wear industry, and Emma brings her expertise in fashion buying and merchandising. Together, they launched the Tartan Blanket Co. and now successfully sell various types of blankets, scarves, and other cozy merchandise. Now, before we dive into their story and their incredible episode, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. Only takes a few seconds to do so. Really helps us out. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you so much for your support and happy listening. Now, let's dive into Emma and Fergus's journey. Welcome, Emma and Fergus. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you for having us. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to dive into your story, your perspectives, your advice. So to get things started here, would love to hear the Tartans Blanket Co.'s mission in your own words and where the idea came from to create this business. Sure. So I guess just to start with our, our mission, I, I think that we really we want to have a positive impact and we want to do that by sharing warmth. And I think that the way in which we do that is by sustainably creating stylish woolen blankets and scarves. And those products bring warmth and comfort to to people in their homes. And Emma and I have been working on this business together for uh, just over six years now. And so, yeah, we've come a long way. But I I think the idea came from us wanting to do something together and us wanting to, to do something that's more than just running a business, to do something that we're passionate about and to do something that we feel like is is hopefully having a positive impact on the world, on the people that's, that's involved in the business, on our supply chain, on our team, on our customers, on, on um, as much as we can. You know, I think this idea that corporations are just there to make money is is not how we see how business needs to be. So, yeah. That's excellent. And I, I do want to dive into your journey of launching this business in a bit, but first would love to hear more about the actual products you sell. Can you describe some of them? I think you mentioned they're they're sustainable as well. Um, yeah, so we um, work with two partners and um, we work with our partners in India who make recycled wool blankets. And um, so they take all of the discarded woolen textiles that are shipped to India like every day and that go into landfill and they break these down and then they reweave them into our recycled wool blankets. And we work with a partner over there who we've like built a strong relationship with. And we've been out to see them and they actually support community over there and they hand finish all the products because it supports more people to employ more people doing it that way than machine finishing so it's a real focus on um how we produce and not just what we produce so yeah those are our cycle blankets and then we work with our partners in Mongolia who make our lambsol and cashmere blankets baby blankets and scarves um, and over there, um, we work with, again, a partner that we've spent a long time building a relationship with. And they're a family business who work with community farms focusing on natural farming methods, which are much 
better for animal welfare um, and also it's like the best uh, quality lambsole and cashew in the world it's so soft um, and I think that's one of the fears that a lot of people have about wool is that, that it can be like coarse and harsh and honestly it's just so soft like that's why we can make baby blankets because even babies love the feel of it next to their skin and so yeah they create these amazing designs with the lambsole and cashew so yeah I think that covers all of our product range Awesome. Yeah, they do look so soft just online on your social media. They just look uh, so comfy. And I I really love the thought that has gone into creating these products. You had this idea and didn't just want to partner with anyone or the most efficient or the fastest or, or what have you, but you really put thought into making it sustainable and partnering with someone over in India who recycles those tiles, etc. So I love that you put all that thought into that. Yeah, totally. I think for us, we really wanted to work with wool because that's like what the traditional um, tartan blankets are made out of. Um, and it's a sustainable material. It's natural. It's breathable. It's hyperallergenic. It's got all these amazing properties. But we actually found when we were looking into mills here in Scotland that they weren't always the most uh, most sustainable because we weren't able to trace where the wool came from and mm. um, how it was used because Scottish wool is really coarse and harsh and it's not suitable for blankets and scarves. So yeah, it was really important for us to find the source and find the best way of making these products, keeping all the benefits of wool, but how can we make it the most sustainable possible um, and the best quality out there? Just to add on to that, the softness as well, you know, like like you said, the softness of our lambs and cashmere, but also our recyclables. It's, it's more soft than you think it's going to be. You know, it's not as soft as our lambs and cashmere, but I think people think of wool being this itchy thing, and it's really not. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. If it's done right with the right materials for the right products, then it's amazing. It's just, I think, when people get really coarse wool that's meant to be for carpets and things, and they make that into blankets, that it's just not suitable for that, that product. You can't wrap yourself in it the way you can with, like, our products. Yeah, exactly. I love that, and I'm, I appreciate you pointing out that how soft it is and that just comes from, again, putting that thought into who you're partnering with and what that process is of making these blankets and scarves. That's excellent. And where do you ship your products? Is it just within your country? Where Where are the boundaries of shipping? You know, we're based in Edinburgh, Scotland, which is not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the most kind of central place in the world. But <laughs> internationally, you know, like we have we have next day delivery right across uh, UK. We can do next day delivery to most of Europe and even to the US as well, because of the time difference, US and Canada, we quite often do next day delivery with FedEx. And, and so we ship internationally and we are, we are working hard on seeing how we can make sure that our shipping offering feels really local to as many countries as possible. So for example, can we do free shipping? Can we do free returns? Things like that. Because, you know, as, as a global or in the global marketplace to, to be a brand, I think really we need to connect with our customers wherever they are. Congratulations on international shipping. That's a huge achievement. That's wonderful. I was just going to add one of the reasons like it's really important in a way to keep it here in Edinburgh is like all the personal touches that go into it. So you can add personalization um, with embroidery so we can get your name or um, your initials or date of birth, babies, things like that, which is just a lovely touch. And then every and all the team here hand wrap everything and they pick all the different elements. You can create a gift box. And so although we could work with um, different logistics places worldwide, it's really important for us to make sure that the whole process is really personal to each customer and and that you get that but also we don't want them to feel let down by any shipping so we really work hard to make sure that our shipping feels as local and as fast as we can yeah that makes sense so making sure that the product or 
that experience comes from Scotland where you are and then ship it out from there rather than, I don't know, having a, a center in, in the United States or something like that. Totally. And, you know, I think obviously at the moment, you know, with, with the pandemic, people are, are going through a change in terms of how they shop and, you know, stores maybe aren't open as, as much or aren't as freely accessible as, as maybe they used to be. But I think that really what we try and do is, you know, maybe one day we might be, you know, big enough to have a store in every city in the world. But I, I think that we need to try and transfer some of the, the amazing things that you get from an in-store experience, you know, the, the, the personalization or the, the personal feeling or great customer service or all of these things. How can we wrap that up in a package? Because, you know, when, when somebody buys a blanket from us, they're not just buying a blanket, they're buying warmth, they're buying care, they're buying love if they're gifting it to someone else. And, and so I think that how we package that and how we ship that is a really critical step of that. You know, that's, that's their whole unboxing and opening experience that, you know, has to be spot on. Yeah, totally agree. I love how you said they're buying warmth and care. They're buying also the experience. And I think that's so important to keep top of mind as a business owner that your customers, they're not just buying the product, they're buying that entire experience. And that encompasses shipping, opening the package, everything that you're describing, Fergus. Excellent. I love that. So what has the journey of launching this business been like? Just interested in knowing some of the the major steps you took or challenges you faced? This is kind of an open-ended question wherever you want to take it, but just interested in hearing a bit more about the journey of, of launching and founding this business. So yeah, like Fergus said, we started um, the Tower Blanket Post six years ago. And at the time, Fergus had another business, um, which was a kilt business. Don't know if you're as familiar with that, but it's a Highland wear. And like we'd sell a lot for weddings and things like that. Um, and then I, at the time, was working down in London for a large retailer as a buyer. And when we decided that we wanted to move back from London, move home to Edinburgh, and we wanted to start a business together and something that we would both be really passionate about and really enjoy. Um, and it was actually Fergus's knowledge of the, the sort of Highland wear Scottish industry and that got us thinking about blankets and that you know there's a lot there was blankets being sold and made and sold in Scotland and um, but they were really traditional they weren't very soft to start with uh, <laughs> it was hard to trace the production and they were really just like really traditional tartans and they were lovely but we were just like this just feels like a product that's really great but not being like it's not out there to the to the potential that it could be and not in a way that we felt was like really modern and like we wanted to shop as customers so it kind of sparks that idea for us of like, how can we take this amazing product and really elevate it into sort of the modern world uh, and make it uh, make it more sustainable and make the whole process really transparent. So we started working together and then uh, we actually flew around looking for partners to work with after we explored the UK and realised that, you know, there was quite a lot of limitations with manufacturing in the UK and like I said, the sourcing part. So we were actually, I was pregnant at the time with our first, with our daughter Ayla and um, we were like flying around to Mongolia and like just going all over the place trying to like look for these partners because it was so important to us to find partners that we like really trusted, we really wanted to work with on a long term basis and so yeah it was quite like a sort of I feel like we got pregnant we were like oh we need to do all these things before we have a family and we feel like a little bit more grounded to Edinburgh so yeah it was a really exciting time as well to develop that side of the business and 
then once we got our manufacturing in place, then we could really start creating some amazing designs, work on our branding, and how would we put that out there to customers. And so that's kind of been the journey that we've been on the last six years. Um, and it's really only been in the last year that it's really felt like it's taken off. And um, it, it feels like we were working so long in getting, learning a lot as well. We made a lot of mistakes, but... Um, <laughs> We got there that we feel like we've built those foundations that we know now we have a strong business that we can grow on and we're like committed to having a positive impact and we um, have committed to donate 1% of our revenue to people in need and 1% to the planet. So as we grow, we know that our positive impact is going to grow with that. And so, yeah, we just put all, all of these uh, steps in place um, and now we're kind of on that trajectory of actually bringing it out to the world, which is really exciting. Thank you for describing that. And I didn't realize you donate part of your proceeds. That's wonderful. Also very impressive that you visited most, if not all, of the manufacturers you were considering in person. Is that typical or was that something that you wanted to do, like you said, to build that trust with who you partner with? It's quite hard, obviously, to visit like everyone. So at first we really like researched online and we got loads of samples sent and we did like, you know, found the people that we thought, okay, you're producing some great products. And we looked at who else was manufacturing in the market. But then it got to that point that we were like, we need to see these people. We need to meet them. We need to understand who they are and they need to understand who we are. And if we're going to build a long-term relationship with these people, then that like really needs to be built on trust and respect. And actually we've narrowed down our supply chain like a lot in the last couple of years to focus on our two partners that we really feel are our future and that we ha can develop that strong relationship with. And we, we just trust a lot in each other and when the pandemic hit and obviously everyone was affected in different ways it was really interesting because we spoke to them and we were asking you know how are you impacted what's happening out there how can we work together we were nervous about you know how is things going to affect us and like they were like okay we can stagger deliveries if cash was a problem and we were like okay well we can send money to you if you're like going into lockdown and can't get the deliveries out like we can work together on this and and it feels like actually as a result of the pandemic we've I feel really strongly that our partners are both ways we've found such a, a lot more respect for each other because it didn't go okay this is business it went okay this is personal like this is families here like how are your family doing how are the people that are working for you doing yeah I think that just shows how much like we've established these really important factors in our business that will, will really help carry us through and um, hopefully grow in a really really positive way I think you know just by investing that little bit more time up front and finding a partner that's that's really good you realize down the line how oh, you guys are also on the same page as us about this, or oh, you're on the same page about that. And, and then working together is so much easier because, you know, you're, you're both working towards kind of more common goals or common visions. And, and yes, it, I think it's a really impressive supply chain that Emma's built. And, and we're really, we really value the, the production partners that we have. Yeah, that definitely seems like one of the most important decisions at the start and all the way through your journey of deciding who you're partnering with, because that could go really, really well, as it seems as it's done in your case, or really poorly, if perhaps you haven't put in that time, like you're saying, to research that partner or meet with them, see see if you're aligned on on the same things. Is that the first step when you were, okay, we want to launch this business? Is the first step find a manufacturer partner? And then do they help you with the creation of the product and design of it? Or is that 
a separate thing. I'm just curious, is that the first step? I think it's quite interesting because um, I was coming from a background of like manufacturing and working directly with the manufacturers and Fergus was coming from a background of working and like buying from people who were selling like wholesalers and then reselling it on so we had totally different backgrounds and um, I remember we were having the discussion I was like I just want to do this so we want to build this business and you know make all these products but you know the minimums are really high and the investment there is so significant and so far he's like no we'll test a site we'll find we'll buy like tartan blankets and we'll sort of rebrand them in a more modern way and just try and see like what is the appetite out there what does the customer want what's going to sell well and um, and that test like I, I was getting I was like oh, I want to do our own thing and design <laughs> but actually that test was really important to establish like is there a market for this and like how much can we invest safely and what product areas what designs are the best to invest in and so it's definitely been like an evolution like it's not I think some people, you know, they'll build the whole infrastructure and then they'll roll it out. But unless you've got serious investment there and that you're really confident in what you're doing, I think the test, the way of testing was something that's similar to what you wanted to produce and then growing it into to the brand that we have today that we, you know, we, we do all of our own designs and we work directly with the manufacturers. Like it, it, it's evolved over time, but I think definitely that was the right way to do it. And it's the most sustainable way to grow rather than investing crazy amounts and then hoping that it's going to do well. Yeah, that's a great piece of insight there to rather than build it, then launch, you're building it as you're, as you're launching and growing and evolving. Yeah, uh, that makes also- sense. It just totally depends at what stage you're at in life and, and you know, what stage, you know, you're at and, and how does that business compare to other things you do and et cetera. You know, we had three kids in two years. And so mm. we also didn't have the same level of time and, and all of this kind of stuff as somebody else that, you know, might be in a different family situation or whatever. And so, you know, I think there's, there's different things fit different people, but, you know, certainly for us, we feel very lucky now that we've got, you know, five, six years of kind of solid foundations and, and more organic, slightly slower growth that makes us feel like, okay, now we've got all the basics in place. You know, we've, we've kind of got all these boxes ticked. And as Emma said earlier in the last year or so, we've just kind of looked at it and gone, okay, everything is coming together now. Like our branding is on products on point, our logistics are on point, like everything's, everything's really good what you know what's the next phase and and you know at the same time the customers are there and totally loving our product and and that's just been amazing you know it's been so nice to see you know thousands of five-star reviews and customers that email us saying you know thank you so much this is so wonderful you know my my mother was so you know or my daughter or whoever they bought it for you know totally loved it when they got it and, and you know that's that's really nice to hear that and, and think that we've we've helped somebody share a moment in, in their lives you know right yeah, building up that solid customer base is so important as well. And yeah, that's a great point as well, Fergus, that launching that business and how you go about that depends on, like you said, where you're at in life and what works best for you and and the amount of investment you have, as Emma mentioned. Um, so yeah, all all different situations for different folks and, and where they're at in life. So speaking of family, I'm interested in knowing how has it been working together as a family and how are you able to, we can perhaps combine this with the question of how are you able to balance running that business and prioritizing your family and and doing everything else in life that you're passionate about? You know, how, how has that been and are there any best practices there that you found for balancing all of that? 
I mean, that is, it's a great question and it's such a huge topic. You know, it could be a whole podcast series probably. Right. So, right. I think what Emma and I have done, when we started working together, we made a commitment that the relationship and the marriage is more important than the business. And so, you know, I think for us, certainly putting that there and saying, you know, like this business may come and go or, or whatever, but, you know, we're going to be life partners for the rest of our lives. So let's make sure we keep everything in perspective. I think having kids has been a real challenge in the sense that, you know, it's a huge demand on our time and, and you know, particularly young kids and, and not getting any sleep, you know, you don't make as good decisions, you, you're you tired all the time, you, you really struggle with a lot of the practicalities of just going through life, never mind trying to run a business at the same time. And, and so I think that has also really helped us prioritize and, and really focus on, okay, I've got one hour in the office today, or I've got, you know, three hours today, what am I going to get done? I think that, that both Emma and I are quite strong on, on having a home work balance that's, that's quite, that's quite balanced. So at the moment we work three or four days a week each, um, and then we have three or four days a week at home with the kids because, you know, the, the ages that our kids are at just now, I think that, you know, they're, they're preschool. So they're, they're at home all day, every day sort of thing. I mean, one of them is at nursery, but you know, with COVID that's, that's kind of changed. And so this is a great time for us to spend a lot of quality time with them. By the time they're at school five days a week, we'll have more time, you know, if, if we want to work. And so we definitely, we try and balance that a little bit more on the family side at the moment than we might at other times, but that's working for us. But also just being a couple, you know, and working together has been a challenge. And, and we started working together, right? We, we had all these life changes in one go. We, we moved back up to Edinburgh. We bought our first house. We got a dog. We had kids. We started working together, like, you know, everything, everything at once. And then kind of taking a, a, a time out a little bit while we had the kids meant that we maybe weren't able to work on our work relationship and, and work on how we work best together. So all of that kind of got delayed a little bit. And in the last year, we've we've made some really great progress on how we can work better together as a as a team and, and as a couple, which has been really amazing. And, and I think a big part of that as a working couple is that we balance childcare. So, so, you know, Emma obviously took some time out for the kids when they were very young and they were much more dependent on her. But, you know, we, we kind of look at raising our family and, and growing our business as we're both doing it together. And, and if it was different, if it was like one of us was working five days and the other one was at home five days, then the business wouldn't be the same as it is now because the business is a kind of unique blend of both of our skill sets. And so the fact that we're you know, we're, we're able to bring our own talents to the businesses really helps it be stronger and helps it grow more, which is, um, and, and be better. It's ultimately better because it's got Emma's sense of style and, and design and her smarts on the buying and the, and the marketing. And, and you know, if, if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't have the product range that we do. And, you know, I do more customer happiness and logistics and warehousing and things. And, and so it's, yeah, it's a nice blend of, of both of us. It's so clear from from you speaking that you and Emma are partners in life and in business. It, it's just very, very clear there. And I think that when working with family or working with a partner, that's so important as well as just making sure you have, you're aligned on on the priorities and how you're going to balance it and, and figure it out together. I really liked your perspective that the kids helped you prioritize things, right? Whether it's in life or in the business. I, I like that perspective a lot. Like you were saying, hey, today we have three hours in the office. All right, that's the time we have. What are we going to get done? Instead of thinking, 
oh man, only three hours. Like what can I possibly get done? It rather you're saying, all right, let's use that time. Yeah. Let's, let's so get it done. Good. I think that's great. That's a great mindset to have. And the kids have these, this great little built in feature where if they're not getting enough attention, they just scream at you. And, and so <laughs> you, can, you can't ignore it. You know, the, the people at work don't scream as loud as my kids. And so, right. you end you know, you have to prioritize them. They need it. You know, they really need it. And so, you know, trying to get home and, and have a, a work chat over dinner doesn't work because, you know, I want this, I want that. Where's my fork? Whatever is going on, you know. So for me, certainly what works better is I compartmentalize. I have work time and I have home time. And I, I try and not cross the two too much because I'm, I really, maybe it's a, a male thing. I struggle to think about more than one thing at once. So I just try and deal with what's in front of me at that time. Yeah. And I was just going to say, I think also it's like taken a while to realize that like you can't do everything, like you can't have it all, as they often say. And I think like when um, the kids came along, like Frank said, we were able, we prioritized our time a lot better. I feel like we didn't like watch as much TV. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it was like we were at work or we were at home. But I think at the start we did try and like, we had our grannies, our parents and their grannies for support, but we kind of felt like, oh, we don't want to be, you know, getting childcare too early. And, you know, I breastfed the twins even until they were like 14 months because it was super important to me. But it was really, we kind of soon realized that we couldn't just rely on like, our mums for occasional support like if we wanted to have any kind of life if we wanted to have some sleep like we needed that help and I think then we actually found our nanny Saria and she's been with, with us for about a year and a half or a year and a half now and then she um, comes to the house three days a week and looks after the girls and I think it totally changed our men- mental health. Um, I think we tried to run the business, raise our kids, have some kind of personal time or social life. And we just really struggled once the twins came along, like it was just too much. With Ayla, it was kind of manageable. But with the twins, it was just a bit too much. And so giving ourselves that space to say like, okay, like, yes, raising the family is really important to us. And like, we want to be there as much as possible, but also it's okay to like get help to get support to be able to to do that because you know we need to run a business like we're lucky to run a business that allows us to only work three or four days a week or however much we want to and we but we need that obviously to you know be profitable and support our lives and things like that and also support the team who were probably struggling with us being out of the business so much so yeah so accepting that and accepting that we need a bit of time for ourselves. We try and build that in. And actually, we probably don't have a huge amount of social time. But for us, it's, you know, it's the family, it's the business and the team here and a little bit of headspace for us to kind of like switch off process, maybe go for a run and first of do, do some woodwork, you know, things like that. That's really important, too. But we can't do it all, all the time. So, yeah, that kind of understanding definitely helped my mental health to be better, I think you under really understand that there only is a certain amount of time in a day, right? There really only is a certain amount of tasks you can get done. And and if for you, what works best is asking for help, then ask for that help. There's nothing wrong in that. And, and understand where you want to spend your time. You know, maybe one day you do have a ton of time in the office, maybe another you have none and you're spending all that time with your family. And then also you have a few hours to just yourselves. So yeah, using the time that you have for what works best for you and your family and your business. I think that's so important. And I do love that mindset of 
you can't have it all, which at first sounds perhaps negative, but I don't think it is. I think I love how you explained it, that by understanding that you're able to prioritize what you need to get done in that day and what's important to you that day. And I think that's excellent because if you had infinite time, I mean, maybe you would just only work on the business because you'd say, oh, I'd get to my family later, but you don't have infinite time. So how can you work with what you have? I think that's great. And I think, sorry, I was going to say on like the not having all, I know it can just sound a bit negative. I think it's like, I really struggle to get over to not be the one, the mom that always picks up from nursery or, Mm -hmm. you know, like goes to all the social dates or, you know, it's on the, committees or whatever it is and but I'm like okay well no because if it's family time I'm going to be with my family and that's really important and maybe I don't do pickup but actually I'm there for their dinner every single night and to put them to bed and to whatever and so like it's balancing what is really important and what is it just that might look good or make you feel like you're you know you can't be the best mom and the best boss and the best friend and the best ever like just every single thing that like you can't be that all the time to everyone and so what is most important to you your loved ones and how can you do that job the best possible yeah that's a, a great mindset I'm I think that's a great piece of advice for myself I'm going to start to embrace that more because often and I feel most people probably feel the pressure to like you're saying be the best mom be the best wife be the best partner the best friend the best whatever right and women have that so much more like uh, we've discussed that a bit but like Fergus is not like we're really equal in our parenting and Fergus is there like probably sometimes more than me to do like pick up some drop-offs and things like that but it's really I think women just feel that pressure that they have to be a certain way and there's still a society expectation that they're the ones that are there making dinner or picking up the kids or whatever and I know it's changing and and we really drive that quality in our household and we want our kids to see that but um yeah that that pressure is it's really important to focus on you not society's pressures I heard this thing I, I don't remember who said it but it was like you can only really do two things or you can only really have two things in your life and those things to choose from are work a spouse you know kids hobbies friends whatever they are like you can try and do more than two but you're going to drop the ball here or there and so really you've got two things that that you can do really well and the rest you're kind of going to have to make sacrifices on and and I think that you know maybe, maybe you see that in relationships where people put their friends above their partner or something and so their relationship suffers or you know they put work above whatever and they're traveling a lot or whatever and, and I think certainly for me understanding that and saying okay right now that's family and work and so I mean the pandemic makes it easier <laughs> you know I'm not mm-hmm. going to friends as much you know maybe my hobbies will have to come second and I won't have as much time to do hobbies or I won't have as whereas feeling like you have all of those things and you're like, okay, I really need to, you know, to, to go and play sports. I've not done that in ages. And, you know, why can't I get the time to do that? Well, you can make the choice to spend your time in, in whatever way you choose, but you, you can't do everything. Yeah. You know? And it's much better to make the choice I've come to realize as well, just to be like, I am dropping this ball and dropping the social right. ball. But, but that's okay. Cause I have decided to drop that ball. Whereas when you feel like you're dropping all the balls everywhere, because you physically can't be there and do as much then it feels so overwhelming and it feels so negative to positively say I'm dropping those balls right now because I'm focusing here just mentally feels like a massive weight off so yeah so we have definitely not had like a huge social life but we do try and make time to spend together and things like that so 
and the outside of work so that we have a bit of time together like different stages like once our kids are a bit older yeah. as well like you know right. the f- first time in the last like a week and a half ago all three of them stayed over with one of the grannies for the first time and you know that was like groundbreaking from us for us that we woke up in our own bed in our own house and we didn't have to do anything we even somebody one of our neighbors came to take the dog out for the day so we just like sat around we were like what do you want to do i don't know whatever and like usually that you know usually they're coming down the stairs at six o'clock shouting mommy daddy so yeah there's different right. stages yeah no definitely and um i think fergus you were saying how you know the pandemic has eliminated a lot of those options you know of the two that you can really master in life which i think is actually a great thing because perhaps now's the time for people to understand which of those balls they can drop or because right now they are forced eliminated from you you know like the pandemic is dropping a lot of those balls because you can't do a lot of things um so kind of reprioritizing reanalyzing what ones you do want to choose and and how you can make that work this is probably a a good time to do that yeah you know we all have the same number of hours in the day our choice is just how we spend them Mm -hmm. yeah exactly that's wonderful pieces of advice and just want to make sure I capture all all advice you might have yeah any anything else top of mind for folks perhaps interested in launching or are currently in the in the first stages of launching their business yeah I, th- I think it's a good question and I think that I'm definitely I, I like the idea of kind of starting small and testing and iterating quickly and so you know that there's, there's a lot of knowledge and topic around that around the kind of tech startup space in, in the sense of like you know what's your minimum viable product and how quickly mm-hmm. can you get it out you know how, you know can you build a, a basic website that just captures people's email addresses because they're interested in the product that you're going to build and, and all of this kind of thing and so because i'm a, a little bit interested in tech you know I, I read all of those things but also i found that i was doing them inherently when i set up my business you know i started working for myself when I was 20 and I was a student. So I didn't have a whole lot of money. I didn't have a whole lot of time. I was just, you know, running it from my bedroom and, and doing something. And and if something worked, I traded into that and I did more of it. And if something didn't work, well, then I just didn't do it and I didn't pursue it. And so, for example, at the time I started um, the business on eBay and that was a great way to test the market because eBay already had millions of buyers. And so if I'd launched a website, I would have also had to, well, I would have to figure out how do you launch the website? How do you market it? How do you get people to it? eBay took care of all of that. I just took a photo of a product and I put it on eBay. And if customers wanted it, then there was a demand there. And I can say, okay, let's keep doing that. Let's try this product. Let's try that product. And I think, you know, that works quite successfully for a while. I think the landscape has changed a little bit in the sense that, you know, now brands are much more important and, and, and we don't sell at all on eBay. But I think really getting to the heart of it is what is it that your customers are looking for? What is it they want? And how can you help them get that? What problem are you solving for them? And so the easiest and the cheapest and the quickest way that you can test that is probably the best because it's going to give you information and that information allows you to move forward. And I think certainly in in the early stages, moving forward is the most important thing because if you're not learning, then you're not doing anything. I was just going to say kind of on the back of that as well, like I think, I've been reading a few insightful books recently and then I think it's that kind of everyone really wants to launch once it's perfect and they spend so much time worrying about how can we get it perfect like it's not ready to launch I'm not quite ready to leave my job and like I get that feeling that kind of feeling of and I think it's a feeling of not being scared to put yourself out there of being like this isn't good enough and 
I think one of the most important things when starting the, starting a business or really just to be happy is actually trying to not think so much about like how am I going to be viewed and just like what's this going to do for me like what does happiness what does success look for, like for me and you know launching really small scale when it's not perfect but you're able to test and grow that's going to move you forward holding back until it's better and better and better and you're three years down the line you're still not launched well you're, you're not you could have spent three years growing from that test point and also just like everyone was like well I'll only be happy once you know I hit a million or I'll only be happy once I you know have a team of 10 or whatever it is but actually it's really like that might be what you think success looks like to an outsider but really what is it that you want like if you want to you know work less you're there for your kids more well you can do that on a business that you know brings in just enough to keep you going and keep your kids going and that is success in itself um or it could be that you know just having a brand that you're super proud of and you know you don't sell that much right now but you know you're so passionate that every day is so enjoyable to work and I think like you have to be happy with how you do it from the start and not just what it's going to be because kind of like chasing that dream I'm not sure you're ever going to feel fulfilled and I mean we've learned a lot and it's not all been like sunshine and roses we haven't loved it at every stage and like each of those is like a bit of a journey but I think ultimately we we did love every stage in a different way and we were really like we were really passionate and we really wanted to keep on this journey and yeah I don't know sorry to ramble a bit now but yeah it's just like starting with it because you're passionate about it not because you think it should be something yeah I think it's almost taking taking the the ego or the sense of self out of it in a way it's like you know when you run a business the business isn't about you the business is about the business you know I've, I've always thought of it as it, it has a life or it has an entity in its own right and what's the right thing to do for it you know what's the right thing to do for the brand and I think that we are very lucky in that sense with the Tartan Blanket Company that we try and make the best decisions for the brand for the long term. You know, like we, we could, you know, for example, we recently became a living wage employer. We, we could pay minimum wage, right? Living wage in the UK is uh, a salary level that's higher than the minimum wage. And it's what body has calculated as the, the, the smallest amount that a person can comfortably live on. So not just the, the least that you can pay someone. And, um, you know, that's a long-term decision. Sure, it, it may not be economical today or, or it may hurt profit today, but it's a long-term decision, decision on what we think is the best thing for the brand and the type of business that we want to build. So definitely you can build the type of business that you want to build, but your decisions have to be right for the business. You know, if, if you don't want to launch your website until it looks amazing, probably that's because you want to look amazing. And well, that's about you. That's not about the business. And so I think that kind of slightly more scrappy lean startup approach of of like just what can you do to get this thing going that's that's the that in, in the early days that's that's definitely my top advice i mean all great pieces of advice here i i love every one of them and it it seems yeah to launch quickly because that means you can test faster and get that market feedback get that customer feedback to then evolve and grow your business and yeah i love that lean startup approach um, and then also making sure you define what success is to you, um, as Emma was saying, is, you know, that success doesn't have to be the same for every business. Um, so what's yeah. success for the business owner and, and perhaps also what's success for the business itself? Maybe they're the same, maybe they're slightly different, but really making sure you have success defined for you. And and it doesn't have to be what the book says or what, you know, that resource says it. 
it can be different for you, what, what you define as success. Yeah, totally. And it's totally different things for different people. You know, some people mm-hmm. want to work 80 hours a week and, you know, they want to do X, Y, and Z. And, and so, yeah, there's no right and wrong, you know, right. that, that's a beautiful thing. Like businesses can be anything you want, you know, they really can be, and they can enable your life. They can help you, you know, have whatever kind of lifestyle you want to have. And that's, I think that's something that I, that really appeals to me. I, I realized recently I've never had a full-time job and there's, there's something about, being self-employed, it just gives you that sense of freedom and that that mm-hmm. ability, which is nice. Yeah. And I think that can apply to people as well on that topic of defining success, because I know for, for myself, you know, I have a quote unquote corporate job and that's been something I've been thinking about recently is for me, you know, yes, I will get the job done. And sometimes that requires 45 to 50 hour weeks. Okay. But also I, at the end of the day, I need time to spend with my husband and my dogs and my family, right? While someone yeah. else might be totally fine with working consistent 80, 60 hour weeks, and that's fine for them, right? Their definition of success should not impact my definition of success and vice versa. So yeah, I think yeah. that applies to business owners and really anyone, right, in the world. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're just actually just thinking about like, well, the future of the timeline could co looks like at the moment and mm-hmm. like Friday said we're starting to see this sort of snowball and this year is like it's been crazy and um, the growth that we're experiencing at the moment which is amazing but I think we're really like we're really like thinking about what does growth look like and how can we sustainably grow so that like we are still offering best customer service the best products like just being really like uh, we read all of our reviews and they've got such amazing feedback and it's such like personal feelings that people get when they get our products and we want to make sure that that continues like we just want more customers to feel that way but we don't want to lose that about us as we grow so we're yeah we're seeing like how how do we keep that sustainable growth without losing anything that makes our brand the way it is um, and the positive impact that we can have and the growth of that positive impact as we grow like that's why we built it into into our brand so it's a proportion of revenue so no matter how big we grow we just grow our positive impact there and yeah so those are conversations that we're having at the moment and it might you know some people might be like wanting to get investors and wanting to I don't know like sell their business and I think for us it's more about like how can we develop a business that isn't going to become about profit it's going to focus on the people the people who make it the people who buy the products the people who are working here just really focus on that at the end of the day excellent yeah that that led beautifully into my next question which was (laughs) on the future of the tartan blanket company and you know what your goals and major future milestones are for the business so it seems focused on on that growth while maintaining, you know, the experience and the essence of your company. Any other big goals that that you can share with our audience on on where you're hoping to take the business? You know, it's it's I think one of the things that I struggle with is, you know, I used to think, okay, I want to, you know, have, you know, this ginormous business like a, you know, a unicorn, like a billion dollar mm-hmm. business or whatever. But what when I reset or when we reset our our expectations and said, okay, there's this great fable that I heard that's about like, you know, what will you do when you've got that billion pounds or whatever it is, you know, well, then I'll spend my time doing woodwork. Okay. Well, could you just do that now? Like, you know, do you need Mm -hmm. the billion to do that or do you need the whatever? So once we kind of reset our expectations and we said, okay, it's more about how we do it rather than what specifically we do, then, then that kind of enabled us to have the lifestyle that we want or to have the, you know, to have the approach that we want today. 
that said, you know, there's still something really exciting about building a big business and about learning what those challenges are. And, and I think that, you know, from starting myself in my bedroom and being the only person to now, you know, being a co-founder alongside Emma for six years and having a team of like 25 people or something like that, the skills that we've had and, and, and what's it required of us as leaders is totally different. And I think in, in five years time, that'll be different again. And so I think, you know, us challenging ourselves, I think is really important. And, and, you know, part of that, all of that comes from and leads into growth, personal growth, business growth, growth in the team, you know, growth in, in what the team can do with themselves as well. You know, are, are our team being challenged? And we have an amazing team at, at the moment. You know, they're, they're really incredible. And, and the brand that you see and the things that you interact with are designed and built and, and you know, shipped by them. And, and it's, I think it's a pleasure to work with those people. And I think that that's certainly one of my goals is to keep enjoying my job, to keep feeling challenged and to, to work with really incredible, inspiring people. And I think that if we can do all of those things, probably, you know, the growth numbers will, will be there at the same time. You know, I think that we've definitely ticked off some of our, our big our big picture things, you know, in the last year or two about, you know, dreams or whatever that we had. But we've still got a few more to tick off, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's like I was saying before about putting all those foundations in place. And then this year has really started to be able to take this brand. Like we're fine. We've got this brand now that we're like so proud of and like um, we're so passionate about. And now it's just like showing it off to so many people. And we've barely scratched the surface in terms of like our customer base. I mean, the UK is still is our biggest market, but the US is having an amazing traction at the moment um, and I feel like there's just so much more that we can do in just taking the brand further but at the same time like yeah it's, it's about only going as far as like we are comfortable with because we want the brand to still feel like it's the, the company and the brand that we wanted to start um, and not snowball into something else so but yeah it's really exciting and yeah mm-hmm. the couple of milestones in the last year of getting into liberty london which really like ticked it off that we've become like this design led brand that we've always wanted to be and the fact that they picked us up was just like a real acknowledgement that that's the kind of brand that we've become um, and we just launched a collaboration with Zina Shah, who um, is a UK um, sort of designer, Instagram influencer, um, and she's amazing. And we sold out of our first batch of orders of her in like 12 minutes. And wow. um, yeah, so it was like, that was amazing. Um, and yeah, to work with her was fantastic. And we've got some more collaborations lined up for next year, which are so exciting as well. And so it just kind of feels like, yeah we're just at the the starting point of this really exciting period where all the hard work is starting to pay off and and it's just managing that growth in a way that we're really proud of there's this great saying you know an overnight success like 10 years in the making and you know we we spent (laughs) five or six years putting the foundation building the team you know you have to hire a designer before you design your first blanket so you know you're investing in in the design team and the buying team and the marketing team and you make all these upfront investments to kind of see what happens and and because well not necessarily see what happens but because you have a belief you know you think okay I can see something here like you know we've got this idea do these people want to come on this journey with us and and share in this vision and and I think that you know for sure we, we would love it you know, if, if our brand was, you know, the most recognizable blanket brand in the world and things like that. And so we're, we're working towards, we want to touch as many lives as we can. I think, you know, we want to spread positivity and happiness and share warmth. I I just love your, your mindsets and your perspectives here. And it, it really reminds me of Simon Sinek's golden circle. So 
you know, the most important thing being the why or, or the mission behind your business. And then you move on to the how, and then finally the what, and it seems you really embrace that mindset of it's all about the why, why we're doing this. And then, and then we expand to the how and the what, um, but always staying true to that why and what you're bringing to your customers and what you're bringing to the to the world, the the impact and influence you're having. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful mindset to have. And congrats on all the success you've had so far. And I can't wait to see where where it goes and where where you guys go. I think it'll be many, many places and just more success in your future. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, well, we're both big fans of of uh, Simon Sinek as well. Mm, yes, yes, he is wonderful. <laughs> awesome. So my my last big question for you both, and of course, would love to hear from you both on this. Now, this can be related to your business, or it doesn't have to be at all. Just in this moment, first thing that comes to mind, what is your proudest accomplishment? Well, I think our kids. Um, <laughs> they're just the most perfect children. No. <laughs> I think surviving having twins and it, well, when they were born, Ayla was only one, so we had three under three, and we survived that year, and our business didn't go under. So I feel like that was like mm. a massive accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and then professionally, I think it's just it feels like this year, like you're saying, you're always focusing on the why, but sometimes you're like oh my goodness, like, we're, you know, investing in the supply chain, but, you know, the customers aren't here or your cash flow is a problem. And you start doubting yourself about whether you're making the right decisions or like, are you really going to be able to survive with this strategy? And so this year to really feel like all that hard work and those decisions to actually invest in what's the right thing and the why, like to pay off feels like, okay, this is this is like if you stick to that path and do what you you're proud of and not just give in to you know some amazing like like offers of like you know people want to buy loads of our products but they're totally the wrong people and we don't want to get into business with them and we turn them down and you start to doubt it when it's really tough but now you realize that actually you made the right choice and we're in the right place and everything's turned out in the right way you just have to keep going at the hard points to get there. Yeah, just to add to that, you know, we had we had a really big wholesale customer who national chain, lots of stores, and and they're just horrible to work with. And and we made the decision that you know what, we're going to fire this customer, or if they want to buy from us, they're going to buy from us on our terms because companies often the bigger the company is or the more sway it thinks it has the more it tries to dictate terms and say okay you need to work with us like this and and us just standing true to who we are and and what values we hold true to ourselves I think is it's it's hard it's easy to say sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) hard you know when you've got a when you've got a team whose salaries depend on you you know leading a business that's successful and it, it can be easy to to say okay should we chase the money in this instance or you know what do we do and you know for sure you've got to do whatever it takes to keep the business going in some instances but you know staying true to your values I think I'm, I'm definitely most proud of and and sorry staying true to your values and being successful by doing that you know even though you're doing that, you're still you're still getting success I think that's I'm very proud of that Wonderful. Well, again, congratulations on on all your successes and accomplishments here. And like I said, can't wait to see where where the future of your company is. And I just, yeah, it's it's wonderful to see. And again, your your products just look so soft and cozy and also would make some great holiday gifts for our listeners listening. I know the holidays are coming up. So with that, before we sign off, where can people find you and the Tartan Blanket Company on social medias, the website, etc.? Our website is tartanblanketco.com. 
Um, you can also find us just by searching the Tartan Blanket Company. Um, you can find us on all social media at Tartan Blanket Co. Yeah, we're probably biggest on Instagram, so that would be yeah, number one social. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Emma and Fergus, for speaking with me today. You had just such wonderful advice, and I, I loved hearing your journey. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for your time. It was I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank, thank you. It's been yeah. a real pleasure. I think um, yeah, we're we're really honored to get invited onto your show, and it's been a real pleasure chatting to you. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Alexa. It's been wonderful. like really like really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.